Hello, it's Young Europe. We are in Düsseldorf uh, here in Cafe Europe and I am um, Elvi Osman and who are you? My name is Jonathan Lessing. I'm super happy to be here. And uh, what are you doing, Jonathan? First of all, I'm very happy that you invited me to come here today to present what I'm doing and what my party is doing. I am the spokesperson of the board of the Young Party, Young European Spirit, and we are a party that uh, found themselves in late October 2018, so we're existing for about three months now, and we are trying to candidate during the, the European elections 2019 to be a strong voice for a stronger, a more democratic and more self-confident Europe. And who is we? We, that's our party. We, that's right now about 70 members active all over Germany in favor of being a real European party and a party that is not focusing on German interest but on focusing to put European interests first. So in the fiction of us being in the parliament, in the European parliament, our most important question would be how will this decision influence the, the, the European well-being and not only German interests, for example? Our focus will be on European interests first, and that's our aim. Okay, how, okay there, there, there's, there's a bunch of guys who met last year and they started a party. Could you explain what kind of people you are? Like, what's, what's, uh, what's common am, uh, among um, among uh, your, your party, among the people of your party? Maybe then let's start earlier than October last year. About one year ago, it was I think in, in March or, or April last year, um, a group of active Dusseldorf citizens met here and we were discussing what we can do to strengthen Europe. We were all active, and this is a point in common, somehow in civil society in favor of strengthening Europe somehow. Me, for example, I was active in a student association named IJ, IJ Dusseldorf in that case. Others were, for example, active within ESN, the Erasmus Student Network, or within We Are Europe, a, a European association located here in Dusseldorf. And we all were not that happy anymore with the impact of our work. We saw that we were putting a lot of effort in promoting European values here within the region. But in the end, we, we had to ask ourselves how much impact do we actually reach by, for example, hosting events, hosting talks, being present at the university. The answer we had to give ourselves was that our political ideas are not taken by our guests, are not transmitted into society. So the question was, what can we do better? And then we observed that there is actually kind of a lack of real European parties. We were looking, okay, for what party could we start to work and while looking for a party that is putting European interests first consistently and that is, in the best case, only ca working and candidating for European policy and not, for example, for, for the policy within Dusseldorf or North Rhine-Westphalia, we had to, 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 to state that there is no such party. So there came the idea of why not to found could a party. You, could you describe like this, this special moment where you guys from different student organizations like you met and actually as well like adult organizations we were quite even though we name ourselves the young european spirit it's not only about the, the the age of our participants we have some some people even in the 50s that are participating that feel the young spirit still on themselves but when there is a special moment to describe i think we were sitting together in a in a, in a conference room next door um 
And somebody was answering the question, okay, what to do then by little kind of jokey, uh, well, let's found a party then. Everybody was laughing. Um, but then we were getting back more serious and, and asked ourselves, what would we have to do to found a party? So you, you started your party here in this cafe? cafe uh, as well, yes, we're at different meeting places, for example, as well, Cafe Europe here, so it's nice to be here again, actually. Yeah. Um, and then we, we started to ask ourselves how to found a party. The outcome of this information was it's actually way more easy than we thought it to be. Um, it's, it's not, for example, like founding a company or, or stuff like that, where, where you have to guarantee a certain amount of money and, and where you uh, need uh, shitloads of paper. Um, founding a party is easier. You need your political how idea. Many, how many people were, were involved in, at, at this moment? Or in this? We started off with a group of, I think, five people where the idea came off and, and about one or two weeks later we were a group of about 15 to 20 people um, that was discussing more intensively. Um, and then we, we, we were asking ourselves, okay, which, which road do we would like to take? Would we prefer to, to found a party right away in our close circle of 20 people with our own political ideas? Or do we prefer to found a party later on um, and before going out of our, our close circle and asking the people around us, what do you think about this idea? What do you think about Europe? What is lacking in the political sphere right now? We decided for, for, for the last option um, and hosted a lot of events here in Düsseldorf, in Aachen, in, in Münster, in other cities, um, to certain subjects, for example, migration, digitalization, or just an open discussion on the European structure, to ask young people or, or, or citizens in general what they think about European policy and what they think should be done Europeanly in those fields. And the outcome of those talks and events was then put together by, by the conventions that we, that we already had from the, from the beginning on to the program we are right now running with. Okay, when you met, you, you just mentioned it. You have imagined it like the group of people who started the party and, and you had the idea that it's a shit ton of work mm -hmm. to start a party and it's very um, costly. It, it needs a lot of money to start a party, but it wasn't actually like that. Could you describe, like, how was it actually to start a party? Like, what do you need to start a party? Well, we have to differentiate is, I think, uh, a shitload of paper and money and a shitload of work. It is a shitload of work. Uh, it, is, it is a lot to do, um, to talk with people, to organize things, um, and to just inform yourselves, is it super costly? No, it isn't, actually. And is it super difficult... Um, in, in a formal way, no, it isn't either. So, so what do you basically need to, to, to form a party? Um, you need a board of at least three people um, that is leading your party. They have to be elected in a secret election. Um, you need a program, of course, um, and you need statutes. So that are, that, are, that are explaining how you're actually conducting your party. If you fulfill those criteria, you can actually already start to be a party. But this does not already mean that you can then start to candidate and to run for elections. Then come other steps and different steps. This is, for example, um, what we are working on right now. We are now working on running during the next European elections because, for example, then you need a certain amount of signatures. Um, even though there is, there is no minimum number of participants or of members for a party to be a party, there, there is a number of 4,000 signatures that sign that they are in favor of your candidature, not meaning that they want to vote you, but that they are in favor of you running for, for a certain parliament. So people have to sign for you like something so you can start to be a party? That you can run 
for elections. We can we, we, we are a party before. Um, since we founded ourselves with the criteria I, I mentioned, from that point on, we're basically a party. And then we have to run within the next years for elections to stay a party. And to run for an election, therefore we need signatures. So you would also participate in some other elections than the European elections? The point for us is the following. We would like to focus on the European level politically. Uh, because we think you can only be in 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 100% European um, idea and structure and values if you're concentrating on on this on this this level and if you're not at the meantime sitting in five different national parliaments because then you will always have a part of the party that is working in favor of the national interests of the parliament they are sitting in basically german law does not allow to do so so what we had to do and what is our compromise is to state that we are we want to focus on the European and the federal level to bring European ideas in the European level and to bring European ideas in the federal level as well. Uh, so we, we want to run as well for the federal elections with again the promise and the idea to bring a more European style politic as well into the federal elections of Germany. What we do not want to do is to run, for example, for the parliament of the city of Dusseldorf or of the city of Münster. Um, we want to focus on the, 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 the um, broader political level. I'm wondering if uh, there's, there are quite a lot of parties already existing. Indeed, absolutely. So, so I'm wondering why take all the work of starting yourself a party instead instead going to another party and doing something there. I think there are, there are two main reasons we can talk about. To start with the first one, um, what is lacking in the political spectrum is that there are no real European parties. So there are no parties that are candidating in every European country or everywhere with the same program, um, stating that they are focusing on European policy. This is especially uh, the case because there is no law allowing parties to start in every European country with the same program. You have to be a German party to start to run in Germany or a French party to run in France. We would so like to, 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 to move political attention to that field. And as soon as it's possible, we of course want to become such a party running everywhere in Europe and all across the continent. Um, and I'm quite convinced that if I would offer, for example, an established party in Germany up the, 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 the possibility, why don't you run in every country in Europe, they would not be so convinced as their political focus is Germany. This would be the first reason. The other reason is more program-wise. Um, we checked the programs of, of the parties that are existing and what was lacking um, in our opinion was a party that is pointing out the, the, the absolute necessity to reform the European Union consistently. That is not only stating Europe is important, of course it is, every party is stating that, that we need a further integration. At least in Germany, nearly every party says that. Um, but it's offering solutions, therefore. And no matter in which program we are checking, for example, the Europe of two speeds that we are offering with a core Europe of those states who want to integrate further and with those states who do not want to integrate further that can stay in kind of a second speed that is not moving on in the integration to keep at least Europe together and the Union together, such a promise is given in no program. Um, and neither is uh, given the attention to such a point. So there is, there is no political program stating, okay, the major question we are facing in Europe is to, the question of our structure and, together with that, the question of our values. Could you... Before we jump into your program, like in detail, there are a lot of things I'm really interested 
and is like how did you uh, create your party program? This was an interesting process. Like like we already manual like like we already talked about, it was first of all a process of, a process of consultation. So we had we had ideas. We put together in our core group of, of early our founders. Um, to discuss then what do we think should be the focus of this party. Um, then we went out of our core team and hosted events to talk with other people. What do you think on the ideas we already collected and what do you think is missing? How would you prioritize? Um, and in the end of about three months, I think, of consultations, of events, of, of being on the road with our ideas, we had a bunch of ideas and a bunch of, of recommendations and, and feedback of people out, outside of our uh, close circle. And then we started to, to write out of these a program that is, that is uh, showing on the one hand side the core opinions of our party that, that we already stated in the beginning on the founding and that is considering, for example, what to do in certain political fields. And a lot of these ideas were collected during the process of consultation. For example, imagine we had an event in Münster and somebody stood up and asked, okay, why, why aren't you actually active um, in migration? Where is your solution there for? It is absolutely essential um, to talk about migration when you're talking, for example, about development policy. Why don't you, for example, put together those two political fields? In the end, we did. And now we have in our program one political field called migration and development policy with our ideas and with, with recommendations um, that are harmonized and that are fitting together. Okay, um, have, have you been part of another party before you started your Young European Spirit with other people? Uh, actually, I didn't. Uh, I, I wasn't. Um, because for me, always it was a question where to, to, to become a member. I'm, I'm, I'm for sure highly politically interested um, and I love politics. Uh, and I think this is a field um, within our society where we can really change society and the environment we are living in um, but I before I never found a party that was um, fitting my core values um, and the more Europeanly interested I got the less I found a fitting party because the, the, the European sections in the, in the political programs were for me often too less developed or kind of to lose stating Europe is important and Europe is important for all of us, um, but not getting into details. Um, so for me, it was very welcome that I found people that thought like me um, to state, hey, well, if there is no party fitting our personal interests and our personal opinions, why don't we offer our opinion to the public? Because No, no German party, because you cannot elect other parties. So there's no yeah. German party. Indeed, indeed, elect. indeed. But yeah. if, if we look like beyond German borders, is there any any party or any movement? Do you, do you have some some political role models if you think about the party? Um, not exactly. For sure, um, the, the, the example of the, the, the French party En Marche um, La République en Marche was, an, was, a, was a great example for us and, and showed us that, for, first of all, a young party can reach huge successes if they offer the right answers to, to questions society is thinking about. Um, and it was, for sure, as well, an example that Europe, as a subject, um, can be for the public interest and can even decide elections, but it is not that we that we uh, try to copy other parties or that we try to fit in role models. We we started up with our ideas and created the party with the ideas that came up during the process of founding, um, with no regard 
um, outside of Germany. But I think what is what is to to, to mention that in, in in several countries and even in Germany, uh, we're not the only ones working on such ideas. And I think it's a great feeling um, to know that there everywhere across Europe um, parity spreading and, and parties created because uh, for, for me it's the, the, the confirmation that it's not the Europe skepticists that uh, remain in the lead and remain on the field but a lot of uh, Europeans and con convinced Europeans are right now starting to, to articulate their political opinion this is great to see Why? Why are so many people talking now about Europe and why are there even people who think they have to start a pure European party? I personally would answer to that question that I think the last years were maybe surprising for a lot of Europeans and convinced Europeans because the, 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 the European integration, the European safety um, and even the, 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 just the, the status quo was or felt safe, I think, for, for most of the voters, especially in Germany. Um, nobody thought that uh, an established member of the European Union could just leave our great political project. And I think a lot of people did not think that, for example, nationalists or far-right parties would be able one day to, to, to become part or even leader of European governments. And within the last two years, we saw a lot of examples that proved different. We saw the Brexit, we saw the elections in France, where we not only saw the success of En Marche, um, but where we saw as well um, a, a strong far-right movement. We saw the, the, the Netherlands elections, and we see right now the debates in Hungary, in Poland, even in Italy, um, where, where right ideas and where populist ideas regain popularity and I think with realizing this situation uh, a lot of Europeans start to be aware that the point has come to engage in favor of Europe to ensure that the European progress can continue and is not endangered by those um, who don't, don't see the point in it. How would Europe be without any challenge? Like An ideal, an, an ideal type of Europe. Our ideal type of Europe is a more democratic Europe, um, a more self-confident Europe and a stronger Europe. To start with the first one, a more democratic Europe um, would be a Europe where we would reduce the national influences on the European politics. Because right now I think uh, we have a European system that is mainly representing national interests. That we see, for example, by the European councils where the national governments are actually represented in. And we see it by, by having a look on the European Parliament, where still only national parties are represented in. We are convinced that Europe needs a strong representation of the European citizens directly that can be transnational as well. That I, for example, can vote as well for a Spanish candidate representing my European ideas so that we can come to, to a more equal balance between national interests and transnational European interests. Therefore, we would recommend to, for sure, strengthen the parliament to allow European parties to be elected and to be voted on transnationally, so in every country in Europe, and to allow those parties as well to enter in the European parliament. Um, and we're in favor um, of having next to the parliament kind of a senate, a European senate, um, that is then representing the European interests, uh, the, the, the national interests, instead of, like now, seeing a European Parliament, a European Commission and the Councils. That we think would be more democratic and in the end better for Europe because then the, the European interests 
can be represented stronger, even though for, for some nations they might not always be beneficial. For example, uh, like talking right now about stronger rules of um, government spending, um, an Italian government would quite sure not be in favor of such rules, even though this might be in favor of European stability. To, to encourage such ideas, for, in our opinion, it would be beneficial to strengthen transnational ideas within the European system. So far on a more democratic Europe. What would be a more self-confident Europe? A more self-confident Europe would be a Europe that is for sure stronger in the, in the, in the first sense um, and that can rely on common values. We have European values like, for example, the, 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 the uh, uh, democracy and the rule of law um, in, the, in different European nations. And right now, if we, we have doubts on if those European values are actually represented, the European Union has not a lot of power to react and to, to encounter movements that, that uh, run against, for example, the, the uh, European bounds. When you have a look into the, the, the Eastern countries in Europe, we see tendencies where, where governments tend to influence their justice. Um, right now, what the EU can do about it is more or less just tell the governments, hey, people, come on, do better. But there, there are not a lot of, of, of uh, ways to ac actually, for example, impose sanctions to those countries or to, 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 step, um, to step money flux into those countries. Um, we think a more self-confident Europe would be a better choice in this case because then Europe can as well show to people, for example, in Germany that it is able to act, as well on the, the international level. When we see um, US sanctions, for example, imposing on Iran, um, a strong and a self-confident Europe um, could act more in a European, European interest by, by showing the United States my dear United States, you can impose sanctions, but not on our territory, and not on companies acting on our territory, um, working together with companies in Iran. So a more self-confident Europe would for us be a good idea, for sure, relaying on the, 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 the European values. Um, and, and third, um, a stronger Europe um, is a Europe um, that has more power than we see today, so that we have to define certain fields of policy where Europe can take some sovereignty away from national states. Because we are convinced that some political issues that we are discussing on right now, for example, the, 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 the um, future of energy in Germany, a very popular subject, or migration issues, are things that we cannot cover nationally. How can national politics, or should national politics, cover a theme like digitalization? And the internet is, by definition, not defined by national borders. This should be topics, or these should be topics, that we should talk about on, on a European level. And therefore, we have to strengthen Europe in a political sense by giving away sovereignty from national states to the European level so that the European level is able to act in those political how, how fields. Would you, how would you explain to voters from, I don't know, from the Peace Party or from the Fidesz party that you would like to take more sovereignty of them of their national governments to to do to get some more European power to um, challenge uh, to better solve the challenges. Like this, this is somehow the problem that there are people in the society who maybe don't want to give out sovereignty.
for sure, I think a good example to, to, to explain in general the, the handing off of sovereignty would be, for example, the migration crisis that we saw in Germany. A lot of people in Germany stated Europe is too weak, we need to close our borders back again. Um, I would try to ask those people um, how they would imagine to, to solve such a crisis nationally. But what I would like to share to those people is that a European solution would in that case be the easiest way for the national governments and that the problem on handling such problems Europeanly is right now not um, that it is not a good idea. It is more that Europe is not capable of handling such crises because it has not the possibilities to act um, in a lot of fields. So I will try to show to people that a lot of things and questions we're talking about right now can only be solved on European level. Um, a good example for, for would be for me the, the, the uh, self-driving car um, that is driving in Germany because Germany has great rules and great law uh, for self-driving cars but it's then stopping at the French border um, par parking at the right lane stating okay for French law I'm just not fitting. Would this be a, a Europe we, we want to live in? I don't think so. So when we want to keep up with the progress that we see in the world and when we want to find solutions to problems that do not stop at national borders, I think it is quite understandable that the only answer can be to think bigger than a national border. What, what if some, some nations, uh, some societies decide like in absolute majority that they don't want to give out sovereignty? Um, this is the point of our two-speed Europe system. What we want to, 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 to offer as an opinion on the future of Europe is a Europe of two speeds, with a core Europe that allows states to integrate further, and when the, 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 um, the, the opinion of a certain country is that this is not the way they want to go, we want to offer them the second speed, because we do not want to convince states by force to integrate further into our European project. If they just want to stay, for example, part of a single market, this could be a way we, um, we shape a second speed so that we see kind of a bigger single market in the exterior, but all those states who want to integrate further can move on into the core Europe, then integrating more fields of policy. In our opinion, this would be the best compromise between, on the one hand side, allowing further integration into the European project, and on the other hand side, not endangering the union that we see in our country, that is for sure securing our peace and our security. So there are different types of memberships in the European Union? In the end, we, we, we can state, yeah, there are different types, there are different speeds of integration into the, the membership, into the European Union, which are open. So our idea would be not to state, okay, today is day X, and you have to decide whether you want to be fast or, or, or slow integrated. Um, we want to offer to states the possibility to even reintegrate later. If a certain certain amount of states is, is right now starting, for example, with a core Europe, we want to invite as well states that are not part from the beginning on to just join later when they think, for example, now it is, it is easier handleable for us or now we see a political majority to join that core European Union. But to wait until on 27 or 28 European states are on the same page and on the same opinion into integrating further in the European Union, we think this will take too long and it would be wrong and in a federal decision for the states that are willing and capable to integrate further to now not do so 
just because there is not an absolute majority on that in the European Union. So, according uh, to your party program, there, there would be two speed of integration into the European Union. Could you like? I didn't quite get it. Like there would be the open uh, European core, and there would be around this core would be a, a group of states which is like less integrated or they enjoy less incentives or what what's the what's the uh, difference in in terms of rights and obligations or duties like how they differentiate the, these two groups in the end we will differentiate them by the degree of european integration so by the the, the amount of sovereignty they are handing off to the european union inside the open core of of Europe, um, this amount would be higher because our, our idea would be that this um, group of states would, for example, harmonize the election laws, um, energy politics, migration politics, digitalization strategy, and that this core European Union would enable at least education standards among all their states. This means that in those fields they are giving power to the European Union to decide in those fields and to set European law on those political issues. In the broader European Union, so in the kind of second speed, um, the states would not give away those powers. So they would, while the core is doing a, um, a harmonized energy policy, or is following a, harmony, uh, a, a harmonized energy policy, um, the second speed would still set energy policy on a national level. If we then see, just for example, um, 15 states in a core European Union, um, there, may, there may still be, on the outside, several different ways of how to harmonize energy politics. Um, and if those, if those 13 or 12 states don't agree on how to do it, maybe there are 13 or 12 different ways uh, of handling energy policy. This means as well that they're not only giving, that they're not, not giving away to the, the, the uh, political power to, to Brussels, on the other hand, it means as well they are not particip participating in every beneficiary program. So maybe the core European Union will then decide on um, a certain program to, for example, help to dig digitalize schools. For sure, this program would then as well stay in the core European Union and would not be shared with the second speed. And we are convinced that in the long run, um, harmonizing critical policies that are difficult to handle on a national level will pay off by um, just having a more stable and more long-term impact um, and by having policies that are not only focusing on a small territory of one country but are focusing on, on a broader sense. Even on in the international level we are convinced that it is way easier to speak with the voice of, for example, 15 states than speaking with one weak voice of a union of 27 states because when we have, for example, a, a strong voice of 15 states that integrate a lot of fields of policy, um, this might be better heard in the world, for example, as well compared to the United States and to, 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 to China, um, than having a political voice that uh, is still struggling with how much competencies actually they're, they're handing to Brussels or not. Okay. Um, <clears throat> what I would like let's think about one one example it's there have there has been always this uh, discussion uh, while the migration crisis that 
um, uh, or whether it just ha have to be uh, have to be um, shared or, uh, into the different countries by a, by a, um, a fair uh, fair measure. So every country gets as much refugees as it's possible, um, as it's fair to in relation to other countries. Now there are countries in the European Union which don't want to um, contribute their, uh, their possi uh, possible capacity to taking uh, some refu refugees, to welcome some refugees. Like what would be like, according to the system you just explained, what would be the next measure? Like, okay, this country don't want to take, uh, 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 to welcome refugees. Um, they have to leave the core Europe, but stays in some other, becomes st still part of a market, but it's not part of the core Europe. I don't, like, how, how does it differentiate that? Um, I think at this point, it will already be quite late to talk about that question. <coughs> When we are talking in the, in the core Europe about, okay, which political fields we want to integrate, um, there may come the question, we want to integrate further, but we do not want to integrate on migration. If the rest of the core Europe would be of the opinion that migration policy should be integrated, one state that is not of this opinion could not be a member of the core European Union anymore. Um, and this has, to, this has to be stated clearly. So if a state is not willing to, to take this all-or-nothing policy in integration, um, Indeed, it would move back to, to a second speed um, where political integration is reduced. And um, to be detailed, but in, I think at least the, 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 the common market and the, the common domestic market would be the last level to fall on. Like you, in your, uh, I've read in your program, there are some, um, you, you, you talk about indicators uh, for values and you talk about indicators for economics. Like they have, there are different indicators if, uh, if Europe or if a certain state is can be part of uh, Europe, right? Mm -hmm. Could you explain what what kind of indicators? Maybe you could explain this concept a little bit. Indeed, we have indicators in our program, and those indicators um, are important for the question if a country can be part of a core European Union. What is important to be part of the core European Union? The first way and the first, first step it is the will to integrate further. So this would be the question we already spoke about. Are you willing to integrate in energy politics, migration politics? If the state st says, yes, I am, then there comes the second question. Are you liable um, to integrate further? And there we have indicators um, that should give an idea of in how far the state is actually capable of being part of the core European Union. Um, and we differentiate indeed in two types of indicators. The one type of indicators is, is more economic and the other type is more value-based. Why to do so? What we observe right now is that all the indicators the European Union is actually uh, systematically um, proving are of economic type or of economic style. So for example, how much government spending in relation to a gross domestic project, uh, product are you actually doing? But there is no process of proving if freedom, if democracy, if the rule of law, um, or if the respect of human rights as European values um, is still given in some countries. We want to do both consequently and, and, and uh, kind of in a, in a regular uh, in regular uh, terms, um, so that we have an idea of who is part of our core European Union. How to do so? Um, I think for economic um, 
questions, it would be quite easy. So we would have to define, as we already know those indicators from the Eurozone, um, who can be part of the core Europe. For example, to have a, a, certain, a certain amount of inflation, um, for example, to, to not uh, have more than a certain amount of government spending or not a certain amount of, of, of federal debt. For the value-based part, it may get more difficult indeed. But I think there are indicators that can give us an idea of, okay, how, how is it about the, the rule of law in a certain country? How is it about the, 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 the freedom in a certain country? For example, um, the, the, the World Bank is often in um, global, global government indicators uh, that is giving an idea of how governments are working around the globe and they're they're doing uh, fundamental research about it until 2014 or in 2014 the europe european union um, itself was handing out a report on corruption within the european union um, and there are there for example amnesty international or, or um, um, Journalists without borders, uh, journalists without borders, uh, are, are giving out reports on, on, on how, how free the press is working in a certain country. Those kind of reports shall, shall build the basis of the question that we are asking, are you still sharing our values? When we, for example, see um, that corruption-wise, um, Hungary is, is, is closer to uh, states like uh, Senegal than to, for example, Norway, um, we should start to think about the question if this country should still be member and, and core part of our political debate. And when we see that in, in, in certain European countries the freedom of press is diminishing, um, we should start to talk to this country and we should give Europe and the European Union the possibility to do so. And our idea would be to give the European Union, the core European Union, the possibility of enforcing um, those values by making them real indicators and not only some numbers, some, for example, NGOs or, or some, some uh, transnational institutions are publishing once or twice a year. Okay. So, um, so the, the main aspect or the main point I hear is that um, or one very important point is that the uh, election law in Europe has to be changed. So they are not just national elections, but also real, equal elections for Europe where everybody can elect the party. Mm -hmm. It won't be beyond borders. Um, that's a very, very crucial point. So there can be a, uh, a genuinely democratic European Parliament uh, with different, different uh, measures to initial law, right? So this is part of your program, but uh, so this is also part of other parties' programs, which demand uh, different different state of Europe, uh, different uh, a progressive, a more progressive Europe, where uh, or a more, more European Europe. Mm -hmm. uh, so how would you say? How, how do you differentiate from other European? pan-European parties who also demand the same. On the f on the like one also, hand? also in uh, other fields, mm -hmm. like 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 in, in do you where are the difference between you and other parties? Like in general, but also in certain fields. Um, in general, general for sure, it is our European focus and the idea to be a European party. This is, this is I think, really a huge difference to to uh, an established national party that is willing to to stay within its national borders. Um, but indeed, there are several parties willing to become European parties, and I think there it's important to see for young European spirit 
um, our focus on the European structural reforms. So we want to consistently reform the European Union. This is the focus of our political work. Um, there are a lot of other parties that have, for example, a focus on, on social affairs in Europe or that want to, to give an alternative for European society. Um, we clearly want to work on the European structure and this is our core promise. Our second promise is that we want to put European interests first. That's all. And there, there, there is, is no brackets and there is no little star. Um, a lot of other parties are not so clear on that point that they are not running for German interests, but that they are running for European interests. And, and we are stating clearly we are running for European interests. And when then somebody is asking our candidates, what have you reached in the last year? Our answer would not be for Germany I reached. Our answer would be for Europe I reached. And this is a fundamentally different point. Um, and European interest and German interest, is there some conflicting interest? Um, to just finish shortly, um, what is another point that differentiates us is our focus on the European and federal level. We do not want to run against uh, local parties in local elections or to federal parties in um, lender elections in Germany. Um, we want to focus on the broad political spectrum of European politics um, because uh, we think then we can be clear or at least as clear as possible um, from from national interests that we, we are candidating for. This is, in our opinion, not possible if you are running at the same time for the local, for the lender, for the federal and for the European Parliament. This is another big difference that we have to other parties that are running right now, uh, younger and, and more established ones. But then there comes your question. Um, which is, 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 I think, a good point. Why aren't European interests German interests as well? Um, for the first part of your answer, we have to say it, we are convinced that everything that is good for Europe is in the long run good for Germany as well because our security, our wealth and our peace depends on the European Union. So if we strengthen the European Union, we strengthen Germany. But I think for the short run, um, there are a lot of policies where at least parliamentarians are incentivized to vote by their national interests. For example, when we speak, uh, when we speak about um, further integration, when we speak about um, subjects like should it be possible to build Nord Stream 2 pipelines, then German delegates would be maybe more in favor um, than delegates that have nothing to do with this project at all, so they would still stick a little to their national interests. When we speak about more severe um, spending law for s European states, Italian deputies uh, would for sure still think about their Italian spending and think, okay, what, what, what will it do um, to now strengthen spending laws for, for, for European governments? If I vote in favor for, of, this, of this bill, um, this may well, make our, our work in the next year in the federal government more difficult, even though more severe spending laws could be good for European stability. Our point would be, we as young European spirit do not think about, okay, what will this mean for our work in the federal government? We do think about, okay, what will this do with the European Union within the next year? And if it is a positive progress, we'll for sure vote in favor of it without having to think about it, okay, well, what will this mean for our national national elections in last, next year and what will this mean for, for the government we are running right now parallelly in a certain country. So I think there are still um, some questions um, 
while you can be divided between the, the, the long-run European interests and short-term national interests. Do you, do you think that, uh, like, in the long-term long -term future, there should be still something like a nation in Europe? Um, actually, personally, I, I right now don't see it coming for, for the next years. So I think we're, we're so far away of uh, a European nation that politically I'm... I'm um, A huge like in, in our lifetime in our yeah. lifetime um, personally I would say this 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 would be a nice um, a nice perspective um, because I, I think it doesn't it doesn't endanger our national cultures or our regional cultures it would just give us the op opportunity um, to think politics bigger than we do right now um, but politically I think Our systems are so far away from each other that for the next decades we will, will be occupied with harmonizing and with finding out um, in which direction our union is, is, is walking that I'm advocating for the Europe of two speeds that will not become um, in medium and maybe as well long run a federal state but that will first of all become a strong um, national union or a strong transnational union um, while maintaining national states as its basis. Okay. Well, what's, what's next now for Young European Spear? Because there's still some time until, until the elections in May 2019. What's like next for Young European I think you already had your, your uh, party meeting, yep. uh, general party meeting. Uh, what's, what's, coming, what's coming up now until the election? Indeed, we had a party convention in December um, where we voted upon the, the list of candidates with which we are, are, are running for the, the European election in 2019. Um, the next step is to now collect the, the signatures that allow us to actually be part of the voting ballot when it comes to the 26th of May and when we are, we are voting on the European Parliament. Um, therefore, we are still outside on the roads um, talking to, 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 to people about our project, about our party, as we need 4,000 signatures and indeed we are not 4,000 members, so we need to convince already right now. How many do you already have? Um, well, right now I think at 700 and, and some, so we are on a good way. Um, so we are already trying to convince people of our idea um, to help us on the way to the European Parliament. Meanwhile, we're still working on our program, drilling deeper in the fields um, that we already started to, to drill in and to work in. How do you want to uh, convince people? Like, there still a few uh, signs you need. How, how do you want to convince people? How, what's the strategy like for the next few months? Um, the strategy is quite easy. It's reaching outreach, reaching outreach and reaching outreach. It's talking to people about our idea. The feedback that we receive, no matter what the people are voting, um, generally is that people like the idea of having European parties during European elections and that people are willing to sign for that idea. It's just a point to reach those people and therefore in, in our strategy says to just be present all over Europe um, in pedestrian zones um, wherever we can. Okay. Well, Jonathan, thank you. Uh, it was a quite interesting interview. Uh, is there anything you w would like to say? 
I thank you very much. It was my pleasure to be here. Um, thank you that you have been here. Well, I'm 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 looking forward. Uh, it's what is to see further videos of, of Young Europe. Yeah. Um, and maybe I, I hope to come back soon. Maybe after the European elections maybe to then talk about our, our plans for the Parliament. Thank you. Thank you. Bye.